so great to see everybody this morning. Welcome to Grace Church. We're so glad that we get to worship together and now we get to hear an awesome message that God has for us. Last week we started in a brand new series about the Holy Spirit. And so if you missed last week, you probably wanna go back and watch that online. It's just a great beginning of understanding the Holy Spirit. Uh, but God is really moving. Who's excited about that? Who's excited? Yeah. God is really moving in and through so many of you here. We've had so many conversations where God is just moving in your life, stirring you like never before. And he's doing that for us as a church as well. And the Holy Spirit is a part of that. And so my other question for you is, did anyone go out this week and order one of those corn cob butter gadgets? Anyone? Raise your hand if you got one. You know you want one. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to go back and watch the message last week and you'll totally get it. And then you're gonna be wanting one too. So uh, check out that message. Um, but we, we started talking about the Holy Spirit last week and how he is a gift from God for us, for our lives. And, and the fact that God, he gives good gifts to his children. He gives good gifts. And one of those is the Holy Spirit. And so you may be very apprehensive to, to learn more about the Holy Spirit or to embrace the Holy Spirit in your life, but we need to remember that it is a good thing. It is a really good gift from our Father for those of us because he, he actually wants us to live a Spirit-empowered life. That's a life that he wants us to live. And so it actually talks about God's good gifts to us in the book of James, chapter one, verse 17, it says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So God has good and perfect gifts for his children. So it's nothing for us to be apprehensive about. God is wanting to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Also looking in the book of Acts, in chapter two, this specifically was a time where the Holy Spirit was being unleashed in the early church, where the Holy Spirit came and fell upon the disciples and all those gathered in the upper room and, and God just began doing amazing things in the early church. And this is a passage about that in Acts chapter two, verse 38, starting there, it says, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And so that particular baptism, he's talking about that salvation. So you've got to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, receive the forgiveness of your sins, and that is your salvation. But it doesn't stop there. It says, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And so this is a promise that was given to us from God. Jesus was leaving the earth. We talked about this last week. And he says, don't do anything until the Holy Spirit comes. He was promising them something amazing was coming. Some, something better was coming. And it was a promise. But it wasn't just for them. And it's not just for us today either. It's for our children and our children's children. This is for all who know the Lord our God. And, and so it's for all of us. And so the choices that we make in our life today 
are a legacy that is gonna be passed on for future generations. What we choose today is a legacy for the future generations. And so receiving the Holy Spirit for yourself in your life, it's not just for you, and it's not just gonna change your life, but it's gonna impact the life of your children and your children's children. That's an amazing legacy. So when we embrace the Holy Spirit, we're able to leave this legacy for future generations. And so last week, we talked about doing just one thing. We, we understand that the Holy Spirit is sometimes difficult to understand. We're sometimes apprehensive about it. And so last week I said, just do one thing today in regards to the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that we needed to remove the barriers, remove the barriers that we've put up in our life in regards to the Holy Spirit. And so hopefully you took steps to do that since last week because I talked about how the Holy Spirit is not kooky, spooky, or weird, and that this church won't get kooky, spooky, or weird. I know I've heard some of you quote that this week. I love it. It's awesome. Uh, but that's true. It's not going to happen because that's not who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a good thing, and God desires us to live this empowered life through the Holy Spirit. And so today, I'm simply just gonna ask you to do one more thing. We just want you to keep taking that step and keep taking that step. And they might be little steps, but we want you to keep moving forward in your life. And so the one thing I'm gonna ask you to do today is to ask God for all that he has for you. Ask him for all that he has for you. Because when you decided to follow Christ, you said yes to Jesus. You accepted him in your life. You said, I wanna accept Jesus as Lord of my life. And there was a moment where you said yes. You said yes to him. And so at that moment, you received God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit because they're three in one. They're a trinity. We talked about that as well last week. And so when you said yes to Jesus at salvation, you received them. But just like there's a moment that you said yes for your salvation, there is a moment where you say yes to the Holy Spirit. You say yes to receive all that God has for you. So we want that for you in your life because not accepting all that the Holy Spirit has for you means that you are trying to live in a supernatural kingdom with human power. Because as Christ followers, we live in a supernatural kingdom. God is our father. He reigns over all. We live in that kingdom when we accept him. And, and so we're trying to live in this supernatural kingdom in our own human power. And yet it's just not working, right? It's not working. Because to live in a supernatural kingdom, you need a supernatural power that only comes from the Holy Spirit. And this is why many people feel like they're doing all that they can, that they're trying so hard to live this Christ-centered life. You know, I'm just, I'm trying so hard and it's just not working. And, and this is why, because you're trying to live in a supernatural kingdom in your own power. You need the supernatural power through the Holy Spirit. And so we use statements around here like, 
you know, oh, God, is, God isn't done with you yet. God has something more for you. And why, why do we use statements like that? Why are we saying things like that? Because God can't do the next thing through us in our current status. And so he wants to do something new. He wants to do something different in you, but it's gonna require the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need that in our life. And so for, for some of us, this comes down to an issue of control. So we want God in our lives, you know, but we only want him a certain way in our lives. And so we decide how it is and we keep him in control. And we're like, well, I just know, I just want it all neat and tidy and I only want this happening. And so we try to keep it in control in our life, right? We want it just perfect. We want to be totally comfortable with it, right? But living a spirit-filled life means giving up control. It means giving up control and allowing God full control in our life to do what he wants to do. That's what that looks like. It's allowing the spirit, the dunamis power that we talked about last week, which means dynamite, it means allowing that spirit to blow things up in our life so that we can do, get some new things going in our life, right? So we can get to the new things and new places in our life. We need to let him blow things up a bit sometimes. Because if we wanna see different results, we can't keep living the same way. Anyone here this morning? If we want different results, we can't keep living the same way. Right, church? Yes. There's something new. There's something better. We have to embrace this new that God has for us. And so do you believe it? Do you believe God has something new for you today? Yes. Yes, he does. I'm so excited about this next passage of scripture we're gonna dive into today. It's so powerful. And you may not, have read much in the book of Ezekiel. It's in the Old Testament. He is a priest and a prophet, and he was living at a time where the Israelites were um, in Babylon. They were, you know, away from their home country, and so they were, you know, over there in Babylon. And it was very difficult, very trying time for them, and they wanted to get back to their home, obviously. And he was he was a very powerful speaker and prophet, and he just, I mean, he told it like it was. Um, God really used him powerfully amazing. So if you've never read in the book of Ezekiel, I highly recommend it. He has these amazing visions from God that he just writes out in that book. And there are some deep, deep spiritual insights in them. And so we're gonna dive into one of those passages today. And I'm telling you, get ready because this passage is gonna change your life. God's word has the power to change our life. And so this is a vision that Ezekiel got from God. And so at, at, earlier in the vision, he, there's a man in his vision and he keeps talking about this man and he says, then he showed me this and then he showed me this. Well, that's the man in the vision showing him things. And so he showed him this temple of God and the different areas in the temple and he's walking him through the different areas and then they end up at the altar of God in the temple. And then there is water that's flowing from the altar 
and it goes out and then it goes underneath the walls of the temple and outside. And so he's, he's talking about this vision and he's like, then he showed me the altar of God and there was a, the river of God flowing out from the altar. It was just amazing. So we're picking that vision up starting in, in verse three in Ezekiel 47. And it says, he took me along the stream. So now they're outside the temple and they're going along the stream where it's going. He took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. And so this is just a, a vision of what this river is looking like. So it starts shallow, right, ankle deep, and then knee deep, and then waist deep. And so what does that look like for us in our life? Well, if we're ankle deep, we're right at the beginning, right? Maybe you've just accepted Christ in your life. You have your salvation. You're in that water, and you're ankle deep. You're just getting used to it. You're getting used to that water, right? And then some of us have, have gone in a little bit deeper, right? And we're knee deep. And so we're, we're following God. We might be reading our Bible a little bit, maybe even praying a little bit. We're maybe started to join the community of our church and we're serving and, and we're giving back to God and we're knee deep and we can feel the water moving a little bit, but we're pretty steady. That water's not gonna push us around. We're not gonna fall over. We're steady in that water. The water's only up to our knees. Well, then you have waist deep and so... Maybe this is you, you're stepping in a little bit farther, you joined a connection group, you're praying with people, you're seeking God a little bit more, you're, you're hearing the Holy Spirit for you in your life and, and you're wanting to live that out and you're waist deep. And so you can, you can really feel the current a little bit more, right? And every now and then it makes you sway a little bit, but you're still steady, you're still steady in that water and, and you got your toes gripped into the sand because you're like, I'm good. I'm good right here, I'm not going anywhere, I can feel the current, it's nice, kind of moves me a little bit, feeling a little sway, you know, might get a little bit of seasick now and then because of the current, you know, but you're good. Your toes are gripped in that sand. What does that look like as we're living life out as Christ followers? And so maybe it's when you're here at church, you're, you know God is here, you feel God is here, and, and you know that, that his presence and his anointing is here, especially during our worship time. But you're like, nope, I'm good. I'm just gonna stand here. Oh, I, no, I don't clap my hands or raise my hands during worship. Nope, nope, I don't do that. I'm just, I'll just good right here. So maybe you're ankle deep, and your hands are crossed and you're just standing and you're just listening. Well, maybe, maybe you let the water up to your knees and you uncross your hands and, you know, you're good. You're standing there. Maybe you sway just a little bit. Oh, yeah, God's really here. I can feel him. And then maybe others of you are waist deep. And you're like, oh, yep, yep, Jesus is here. Oh, this is so good. Praise him. But we're good. We're right here. We're waist deep. Maybe every now and then, like a little clap, a little clap here and there. Good. Maybe just a little sway. So good, yes, right? Waist deep, I'm good there, that's, that's all good, right? But let me give you another scenario. 
On Saturday, you're at your favorite college team's football game. And what are you doing? You are cheering for your team, your hands in the air. You are hooting and hollering. You get there an hour early to get in your seat before kickoff. Man, you're, some of you guys even go in with shirts off and your chest painted and you're high-fiving and chest bumping people you don't even know. Your arms are locked with complete strangers and you know every song to your team's school song. Man, you don't even need the cheerleaders. You are leading the cheers for your section. And then especially, man, when that 20-year-old takes that ball past a certain line on the field, you are like, yes, first down. Oh, baby, that's my team. It's pretty real, right? I watch college football. I have a team. We'll go all in for our college football team. But yet here we have a God of the universe who is all powerful and loves us far more than we could ever comprehend or imagine, but yet we won't go all in for him? Where are you, church? We have this all-powerful God, and we won't even go all in with him. We can't clap or shout for him. And so... Some of us just go, nope, that's it. This is all I've got right here. I'm staying right here. I don't want the Holy Spirit. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't want that. We're not willing to go all in with God. So where are you at? Are you ankle deep? Are you knee deep? Or are you waist deep? Because guess what? It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. God has even more. God wants even more for us. And we see this in the book of Ezekiel. Going back and looking in verse 5, it says, Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. And so God wants even more than just ankle deep. God wants more than knee deep. God wants more than waist deep. God wants you all in. He wants you in over your head where the current is moving you. That's where he wants you. He wants you out in the deep. That's what he's calling us to. He wants you completely drenched. And you know, this is your story, this is your journey with Christ, and you can definitely go at your speed that you need to go at, but you've got to know that there is more. There is more, and it is good, because our Father gives us good, good gifts. He wants us to give up control. He wants us to give him all of us. He wants us to surrender. Thinking about the river of God and, and the beautiful vision of that there, it reminded me of when you teach a young child to swim at the pool. Maybe you're a parent and you have children and you walk through this with them. I know we have three kids and 
we spent lots of hours at the pool with them over the years and just enjoyed that. Uh, maybe you're an aunt or an uncle and you've been at the pool with your nieces or nephews or maybe you babysit and you'll understand this. But when you first are trying to get that child acclimated to the pool, to the water, what do you do? You just have them come and sit on the edge of the pool, right? Dangle their feet in. And so you're like, oh, you feel that water? That's nice, isn't it? I'm right here and literally you're standing right there. You could literally just touch them, right? And so what's the first thing you, you have them do? You're like, you're gonna love it. Come in the water. I'm right here. I'll just, I'll just take you right into the water. And as soon as they're like, okay, then what do you do? You just kind of lift them up, set them into the water. Not very far, right? Didn't splash, didn't get water all over them. They're just getting used to it and getting comfortable. And then after you do that a few times, then what do you do? You have them stand up on the edge, right? Right on the edge. And you're right there. Your hands are still right there and you're like, okay, come on. It's okay, I'm right here. You can do it. And then you slowly lower them into the water a little more, right? Then they're, then they're good. They're like, oh, that was great. And they come running around again. And you, then what do you do? You move back a few steps. They move back a few steps. They kind of take a little hop and then jump. And then you let them farther in the water and farther in the water. And then pretty soon when they're comfortable enough, they come back here, you go back there, and they just run and leap to you, and you still catch them, right? You're still there for them. Well, I'm telling you, that's exactly what our God is doing with you. He's saying, come on, child. You'll love the water. Come on in. It feels so good. I am right here, and I'm going to catch you. Just jump in with me. Just jump in. That's what he has for us. He wants us to just jump in with him, to jump in the deep. He's calling for you. You just gotta take that jump. I know you may have done this in your life a number of times where you just really jumped out there and took a leap, right? I know there's many times in my life and our life too where we've done that and it's, it's crazy. It's a bit scary. I know that, well... One time in particular, back in 2003, uh, Pastor Aaron and I, we were in ministry here in Melbourne. He was a youth pastor. I was a children's pastor. We were loving it. We were just doing awesome ministry. Our ministries were thriving and growing. We were just having the best time. Uh, We had an awesome group of just adult volunteers helping us out in our ministries. We loved doing life with them. It It was just a joy. It was just one of those situations where you're like, Why would you leave that? Like, why would you leave that, right? So it's about that time. I'm actually pregnant with our second child and God gave me a dream. He gave me this dream in the night and it's one of those dreams where you wake up the next morning and there is just no doubt that it was God. And so I could recall every single thing about the dream. Everything was coming to me. And so I was kind of a bit nervous about it, especially about sharing it with Aaron because in the dream, I knew in the dream that it meant we were gonna go to Jacksonville because that was the city that kept being brought up in the dream. And then there was a, a vision of this church up there and everything and we were doing ministry and everything. So I was like, oh man. I was like, I'm really scared. I'm really scared to share this with Aaron because I mean, he just might be like, what? That's crazy, we're not doing that, whatever. So I kind of had to take a, a leap out in that and just say, okay, I'm, I'm gonna share with them. I'm just gonna tell them, I know this is from God. 
And so I share the dream with him and just like, wow, that's incredible. God was definitely speaking. Let's just pray on that. Let's see what he's gonna do. You know, and of course he's like, why would we leave? This, everything's going amazing, but if this is God, then it's gonna happen. Well, like a few months later, we're talking to a friend of ours who's also a pastor and he begins sharing with us what's going on with him. And he said, yeah, you know, God is calling me up to Jacksonville to plan a church. And I'm like, really? Hmm, tell me more. So we start talking, having more conversations with him. And, and over the course of some more conversations, he says, yeah, the, the church already has land in this community. We're gonna plant it up there. And he lays out this map and he shows us where this land is. Well, part of my dream and my vision, God gave me this, this vision of this church building and it had a very interesting shape to it that was not, you know, I didn't forget that. It was just like very, very interesting that the shape of the building was in my dream. Well, it shows me this piece of land that the church has and it was the exact shape of the building in my dream. And so I'm just like, whoa. And Aaron's like, wow. God is really calling us to this. And we were like, yeah, there's no doubt. And so here we are, you know, we jump out in the deep. We take this leap with, you know, I'm pregnant. We finally have our second child. He's a week old and we're moving to Jacksonville to plant a church in a city we don't know with people we don't really know. I mean, and that's just a huge, huge leap, right? A huge jump in the deep end. But what happened was God was with us the whole entire time and he grew us so much as people. We learned so much and, and he showed us such amazing things. And because we took that leap, because we jumped in over our heads, fast forward to 2009 when God does it again and says, you are to go plant a church in, ja in Melbourne and I am pregnant again with our third child. So no, there is no more babies coming. No more. I promise you that. Because it seems to me when I'm pregnant, God like puts us in this new season. So there's not, no more of that. None of that's happening. So I, I am, I'm very pregnant with our third child. And we are moving from Jacksonville back to here to plant this brand new church. And so when God asked us to jump in again and to take the sleep, there was no doubt I was doing it. Because I had seen what had happened the last time I jumped in over my head and took that leap. So when we do that, we see God working in it. And then the next time he calls us to jump in, we do it. We go all in. And so what is it that you need to do to jump it all in in your life? Is it to start, start tithing? Is that something God is calling you to do? Or maybe it's to jump on the team and start serving and being a part of this church that you're calling home. Maybe it's to do that, to take that leap and jump in. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's um, fostering a child. Maybe you have a heart for that and you wanna bring someone in need into your home. Or maybe God is calling you deeper with him and your disciplines with him and you need to start fasting. Maybe it's to get involved with missions work. Or maybe it's to accept the Holy Spirit and his work in your life. What is it for you? that you need to jump all in with. Because God is calling you into the deep waters to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. He's calling you into the deep. And what's so amazing about this vision is that it tells us 
what's out in the deep. So listen to this in verse nine. It says, there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. And so it's not scary out in the deep. There's actually swarms of living things. Life is abounding and flourishing out in the deep. And that's where God is calling you because that's what he wants for you in your life. He wants your life to flourish. He wants you to abound in your life with good things. And he's calling you to that. He's calling you out to the deep so that you can experience that in your life. Later on in Ezekiel 47, it continues to talk about what it's like next to that deep part of the river. And it talks about these trees are lining the banks and they are big and beautiful and they're flourishing with fruit and they're constantly producing. They never shrivel, they never die. And they're constantly producing more and more and more. And you know what else it says? It says the leaves on these trees never fall off. I don't know about you, but that sounds amazing. I wanna have that in my life. I wanna live this life that's flourishing and abounding. God has that for you and he just wants you to jump in. So even the disciples had this opportunity, even though they walked the earth with Jesus, right? Even though Jesus spent three years pouring into them, teaching them, training them, they were living together, they were eating meals together, they were camping in the wilderness together, they were ministering together, they were doing all of life together. And the disciples were just taking all that Jesus had. They were just taking it in and learning from him. And even after all of that, even after all the time the disciples spent with Jesus, Jesus still told them that there was more for them. He told them there was more. That wasn't it for them, but there was more. I especially love the disciple Peter. You may remember reading about him in scripture, but he was the passionate disciple, right? He had a bit of a temper on him. He was the one that got out of the boat and walked on the water. He was also the one that chopped off the soldier's ear. And he was also the disciple that told Jesus, I will never deny you. Even if I have to die, I will never deny you. He told that to Jesus. He was passionate about that. And then hours after he even said that to Jesus, just hours later, Jesus is arrested. He's being questioned by authorities. People are recognizing Peter and they're saying, hey, aren't you that disciple that's with Jesus? Hey, don't you know him? Hey, aren't you friends with Jesus? Three times he denies Jesus. He is scared, he is intimidated, he is so ashamed for what he's done. And then fast forward from that moment, 50 days later, 50 days, about a month and a half or so, 
where do we find Peter? Preaching about Jesus to 3,000 people. 3,000 people, he's declaring Jesus and he's, he's helping them to accept him as their personal Lord and Savior. How is that even possible? What, what actually happened in that 50 days where Peter goes from denying Jesus to proclaiming him to 3,000? It was the Holy Spirit. The only thing different in that time frame was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter was able to do things that he normally wouldn't be able to do. Peter was able to overcome his past and his shame from denying Jesus, to preach powerfully about Jesus himself. And that only was able to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way it could happen. And so God has this for your life because he wants you to be able to overcome your past and do things you wouldn't normally do. He's got big things in store for you. He has victories in your life that you haven't experienced yet that he knows are there for you. And you can only achieve, you can only overcome your past through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's got that for you. He wants you to just jump in with him today. It is available to you. But your first step, for those of you who haven't taken this step in your life is to actually accept Jesus as your Lord. And so I, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that today because some of you need to take this step first so that you can receive all that God has for you today. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that. And so if you're here with, with us in person, if you wanna close your eyes for a moment, we're just gonna pray together. And if that's you, if you need to respond to Jesus today, you need to say yes, accept him as your Lord. Would you just raise your hand right now where you're seated? Just lift that hand up right now. We're gonna say a prayer together. You're gonna to be able to accept him in your life. And so just say, God, I need you. I am tired of living this life my way. I am tired of being hung up on my past. So I accept you today as my personal Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of my sins. God, make me new. I receive all that you have for me today. I wanna walk with you all the days of my life. God, thank you for giving me a fresh start today. I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen.